Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask the Coach Show, episode 117, where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. It's a special show today because of the World Championships and because I've missed a few days since I was sick, but we're back. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always with me is Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeff. And uh, yes, this show has been a, a few days in the making, hasn't it? Uh, episode 117, but uh, we're here and yeah, lots of exciting news with the World Championships, Jeff. Yeah, indeed. I think we should get straight into the World Championships, Alois. Um, we've just been uh, watching the uh, men's semi-final, second semi-final. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, yeah it was good, wasn't it? Uh, Zhang Zikou and um, Fang Bo. And Fang Bo getting up, taking Zhang Zikou out. No three-peat for, for Zhang Zikou. Um, a 4-1 result. Like, Zhang Zika always just looked like he was on the verge, didn't he? he look like, I mean, he just needed to get a little bit of, um, in, more into the match. And uh, But, gee, Fang Bo played beautiful with table tennis. In those forehand-to-forehand rallies, he was just all over Zhang Zika. What was going on? I don't know. So surprising. We always think Zhang Zika has got the most powerful forehand. But, yeah, Fang Bo, amazing. Just kept on uh, winning those rallies. Um, Zhang Zikur seemed to be struggling with his shoulder. I don't know if that was affecting him or not, but it got close at the end. I thought Fang Bo might get nervous, and, you know, we all know about Zhang Zikur's mental toughness in these big matches, but uh, this time it was uh, Fang Bo's turn. Yeah, Fang Bo, Fang Bo was really strong, wasn't he? Like, it's, it's so hard to play against someone, and there was definitely something going on with Zhang Zikur's sh- shoulder. Um, so in the previous matches we've seen that he's had to have some um, medical attention uh, for his shoulder and you could see when he when he was going um, forehand to forehand rallies he'd pull up he was trying not to let Fangbo see too much but you could see that he was just you know moving his shoulder around there was definitely something going on the point of the shoulder at the back of the shoulder and I think even in the the lap down here as well. So I think that whole shoulder region is in a bit of trouble for Zheng Um mm. It'll it'll be just um, just a, one of those things where you where you're playing a lot over a period of time. He's had a few tough matches to get through, and I think it's just taken its toll. But let's not take any any anything away from uh, Fang Bo. Wow, what a what a strong performance to beat Zheng Zikur. I mean, I don't care if Zheng Zikur's got one leg, he would still be a tough opponent. Indeed. So I believe he's now taking down Zhu Zin. Uh, Zhang Zikou, can he get through Ma Long? That's the question now, Alois. Yeah, so Ma Long, I mean, you know, again, such a such a competitor. Like on his way, you know, he's just had really uh, um, decisive victories. You know, he beat uh, Panagiotis, the Greek chopper. 4-0, he beat Juicy Hyuk 4-1. So he had two choppers in a row um, and then beat uh, Tang Peng 4-0 and, you know, really made uh, Tang look look ordinary. We saw Tang Peng here in Australia last year. He only played in the doubles, but he looked he looked pretty strong. He's such a such a solid performer. But Ma Long made him look ordinary. And then uh, and then the the Big semi-final against Fan Zendong. You know, the, the, the young guy who we thought is the next big thing from China, um, he took him out 4-1. 
um, in that as well. And, and lost the fourth game, you know, 11-7. So took the first game 11-1 or something like that, you know. like So, um, you know, Ma Long is looking like he's in really good form. And I think, uh, you know, Fang Bo's got another another tall task on his hands to uh, to get through there. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm going to go with Ma Long. I, I think I picked him at the start of the tournament, Alois, um, and so I'm going to go Mate, with him. You did. Yeah, <laughs> you did. I picked, I picked Zhang Zikur. He's okay. gone. Yes. And then uh, in the women's, Alois, I picked Ding Ning. How did I go there? Oh, mate, you, you're, you're on a roll. Um, yes. Ding Ning took, took the title. Um, so beat Lushi Wen 4-3. Um, just before we get to, to the final, so um, Ding Ning in the quarterfinal beat um, Wu Yang, a chopper from China, beautiful chopper, beat her 4-3 in the, in the quarterfinal. So that's tough, you know, playing against a chopper um, and uh, and coming through. Then in the semi-final, beat the qualifier, another Chinese girl, Mu Zi. Um, she beat her 4-3 um, and 11-6 in the deciding set. So Mu Zi, another interesting story, you know, came through the qualification tournament and um, and beat Feng Tian Wei 4-0, um, you know, one of the last of the real uh, non-Chinese challenges. Um, and then in the final against Lushi Wen, again, a 4-3 result. And a little bit of controversy in my books. I, I haven't seen all of the match, but a little bit of controversy. In the seventh game, um, very early, Ding Ning went down uh, at 2-0, um, turned her ankle and stayed down and had 10-minute medical timeout. And I think really through the rhythm of uh, Wen. Mm, controversial, huh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I, at that stage, I would have picked Lucy Wen to to take the take the match. You know, she was um, she was in some really good form, really on a roll. And uh, yeah, I think that injury actually turned things around. Wow, there you go. I can still hear you've got some of the uh, ITTV in the background there, Alloys. I better, I better turn that off. I'm, I'm still too excited about it. Um, sorry. Um, yes, I had the women's doubles going on in the background. So, yeah, so really, really interesting um, world so, so far. You know, one of the other really great things, I reckon, from this World Championships is the ITTF have really gone out and promoted the players. You know, we've been banging on about this for a long, long time, about getting the players' profiles out there and letting us start to learn a bit more about the players. And the ITTF have done a great job at this world and in the lead-up to the world in starting to let us um, relate to the players. You know, I wanted Ding Ding to win because... I've seen a bit of her profile. I've seen a bit of her background. I want her to win. You know, we've seen with those um, driving with the stars. I think they, yeah, they've, um, they've been great. Yeah. So what they do is on the way to the venue, they've got a little camera set up in the in the car, and they do a mini interview um, with uh, some of the top players, and they just have the the um, the questions up on a little screen in the back seat, 
and the players are going through and answering questions. It just lets us into a little bit more about the players. And, you know, we always talk about these Chinese players. We don't know anything about them. Finally, we've got to learn a little bit about the Chinese players. And now at the World Championships, in the semis and the finals, usually if there's Chinese players playing against each other, they think, oh, yeah, well, you know, one of them's going to win. Now I'm actually backing or barracking for, for one or or other of the Chinese players. Good job, ITTF. I love it. Yeah, brilliant. It's been, it's been great, hasn't it? And, um, yeah, they've, they've done a fantastic job all around, uh, promoting the players, uh, streaming all the matches on the ITTV. Um, I've been really impressed. Yeah, no. Like it. Keep going, ITTF. It's exactly yeah. what we're looking for. Yep. And uh, so any... Oh, I noticed Mima Ito seemed to do okay, Alois. Have you seen any results for her? Yeah, she did well. I'm just trying to look. I think what was it was quarterfinals. Quarterfinals for Mima Ito. Yeah. Um, so and I think it did pretty well against, um, uh, was it Lee Shia? Yeah. yeah. No, against Lee Shia Shia. She was up 2-0 um, against Lee Shia Shia. Um, won the first two 11-9 and 16-14. But then Lee Shia Shia was just a bit too strong. Um, winning winning that match for two. But let's not forget Mima Ito, 14 years old, mind-blowing, absolutely yep. mind-blowing. Yeah, brilliant. There we go. And um, so we've only got a few events left. I think the men's doubles is done, um, just the women's doubles to go, is it? That's right. Yeah, so uh, uh, women's doubles and the um, men's singles final. So the women's doubles um, uh, coming up, the, the final tonight, but men's doubles, um, Zhang Zikert and Zhu Zin ended up taking the title, even though along the way they were in big, big trouble. So um, in the quarterfinal, um, quarterfinal um, against the Japanese pair, they were down match points against um, Morizono and um, Oshima. So they were down, I think, 10-7 in the seventh game and got Ooh, up wow. to win. So, uh, yeah, again, you know, the, the experience of uh, tough players like Zhang Zikur and Zhu Zin, in the end, it just, you know, um, really takes its toll. Then in the semis, they beat um, the Korean pair of Lee Sang-soo and Siu Hyun Duk um, 4-2. And then the final again was 4-2 against... Uh, the other Chinese pair of Fan Zendong and Zhao Yu. So, um, yeah, so good win, good win there for Zhu Zin and Zhang Zike. And it sort of belies, you know, the, the, the seedings, doesn't it? You know, we talked a, a bit about the seedings before the World Championship started for the doubles. When, when you've got two great players like Zhu Zin and Zhang Zike, I mean, they are, they are definitely one of the favourites to win. You know, I don't care if they haven't played doubles um, on the World Tour before. <laughs> Uh, I don't care if they don't play much doubles at all. Like, put those two together on a table tennis table and you're going to have some trouble. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's something yeah. they can look at. But, yeah, it's always hard, Alice, with the seedings because, you know, the players that play all the time will say, well, you can't see them, I'm, you know. But, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty clear, isn't yeah. it? They're always going to be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, you know... It's almost, you almost have to add up the players' world singles rankings. Um, 
and take that into account somewhere when you're uh, when you're doing the double seedings because I mean table tennis doubles isn't as specialised as something like badminton uh, where you have to have much more teamwork because it's not taking it in turns um, or even tennis um, you know table tennis doubles you take it in turns so there just isn't as much happening um, in the in the doubles as there is in in badminton or tennis or something like that so. Yeah, I think you've just got to add up. I mean, add up those two guys' men's singles rankings and you, you soon work out that you're going to have a reasonable sort of pair. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Very good. All right. Well, um, yeah, we'd love to hear oh, your yeah. thoughts. Oh, yep. Yeah. Go. Yep. Yeah, we haven't talked about the mixed doubles yet either. So Zuzin oh, yes. took that um, mixed doubles um, as well. So he's taken both the the men's doubles and the mixed doubles. Um, but interestingly, in the mixed doubles, playing with a Korean girl, so Yang Hae-un, um, and they won that uh, final, I think, 4-1. So, or maybe, no, I can't remember the, the final result. But, yeah, they, they won um, they won the final reasonably comfortably. I think it might have even been 4-0 or 4-1. So there you go. She um, must be the only non-Chinese to win a gold medal. At, yes, and will be because... Uh, both the women's doubles and the um, men's singles, all Chinese affairs. So, um, yes, so she will be the only non-Chinese player to take home a gold medal. So, well done to Yang Hae-un. And, and she played well in the mixed doubles too. I mean, it wasn't like, um, you know, Zhu Xin was the only player out there. So, yeah, great effort. Indeed. Very good. So, yeah, um, We'd love to know your thoughts on the World Championships. Um, leave a comment to let us know um, what you've thought about the whole World Championships, how the ITTF's done it, you know, your favourite moments. we just uh, like to hear your thoughts. All righty, Al. Well, we've got a whole heap to discuss here besides the World Championships as well in this episode. It's been a few days coming, so there's lots to discuss. Um. The last Pink Seals question of the day was actually, what is your favourite drill? Now, what is your favourite drill, Alois? Oh, for me, it's got to be the Pink Skills drill. Um, so where you're playing backhand from the backhand corner, forehand from the middle, backhand from the backhand corner, and then forehand from out wide on your forehand. So um, we talked a little bit about this. You know, it gives you good switching um, between your backhand and forehand. It also changes up. So you're playing the forehand from two different positions, gets you settled, gets you, in, gets you into a good basic position. So, yeah, for me, ping skills drill is number one. What Brilliant. about you, Jeff? What did you like? Yeah, yeah, ping skills drill, absolutely. That's why we called it the ping skills drill because we both like it. Um, yeah, and uh, we'll put a link to our drills uh, sheet in the show notes so you can check out all the drills and one of them will be the ping skills drill. Now, the Pink Seals question for today is, what have you learned from the World Championship so far? So leave a comment and let us know. Love to hear your thoughts. All right. Yeah, hopefully. Well, yeah. Yeah, ho- hopefully the Pink Skills have been getting onto ITTV and watching plenty of the World Championships. We, we sort of talked about it's really good for getting good images in your head of the best players playing. There's no substitute for that. So, yeah. So, if you haven't watched a lot, get onto ITTV. Uh, watch um, tonight. The men's finals are on, or you know, in another three or four hours, the men's finals on. But also, you can go back and just 
look through all the matches that have happened as well. So, yeah, get on it. Yeah, see what you can learn. Isn't it? I mean, watching those top players, to see their balance, you know, their composure, their touch. I mean, you see some of the serves, they can just push it back short and low, stop the opponent from attacking, or they can flick it deep and then get into an attacking rally. And But they're always so balanced. And especially the Chinese, Zhang Ke, Ma Long, Zhu Xin, even Fang Bo, they're just so composed, so balanced. Their footwork's incredible. They can play a forehand out wide and then a forehand from their backhand side. And you're like, how did they possibly move that distance? It's, it's amazing to watch. So make sure you check it out, ITTV. All right. Well, that's enough of me getting excited, Alois. <laughs> um, let's get on to the questions. First one is from Ilya. And Ilya wants to know how to adjust start, finish positions and racket speed to make a slow, spinny backhand topspin against backspin and not an aggressive one? And which version should you learn first, the slow one or the fast one? Yeah, so Ilya, I think um, to start off with, start with just the slower, slower topspin. To do that, um, you need more of a vertical stroke. So if I'm hitting at the ball this way, so I need to start lower and finish higher. So the stroke will actually look something like that. So in starting quite low down, down about your knee knee level and finishing up above your eye level there. That more vertical um, stroke will give the ball more lift rather than more forward momentum. If you want to get more speed, then you start a little bit more uh, back and come forward. So yeah, to start off with, I think just that, that slower ball is actually quite good because you're, you're learning to, to lift and to feel um feel the ball. So the ball's gripping into your rubber and lifting that way. So it's gripping and lifting out of your rubber that way. So that's that's the feel that you really want to want to get. Once you've got that feel, then you can understand that you can rip the ball as much as you want and spin the ball heavily and you're going to be able to lift that backspin up and over the net. Yeah, so it's called the slow spinny top spin, but does your contact need to be slow or need to be fast? Yeah, good point. So the the contact needs to be quite fast. So your racket head speed is quite fast to be able to lift the the backspin on the ball. If you come through slowly like that, um, you're not going to get the friction on of the bat on the ball, and the ball's not going to lift. It's just going to drop down. So you want plenty of speed and friction on the ball when you actually contact it. Okay, good. All right. So yeah. So Ilya. Uh, the slow spinny one, start low, vertical stroke, quite a fast racket speed and a nice brushing contact. Yeah, and then, yeah, Alice says, learn that one first and then you can start to go more forward and start to play faster shots against that backspin ball. So try those things out and let us know if it helps out. All right. Um, Brock has got an update for us. He says, I played with the tall guy one final time and I owned him with a 21-14, 21-12 victory. I feel unstoppable now. Good to hear, Brock. <laughs> All right. And, yep. and he's also given another update, Jeff. Yes. He says, hey, Pink Skills, I beat my new rival. He goes, I am wondering, is the starting finished position important when doing strokes? Yeah, so so firstly, Brocky, good work. You got over the t- tall guy. Um, now you're getting over this, this new rival as well. 
Zhang Zikhe, bring him on. Bring him on. Um, that's it, really good. Really good to see the improvement, Brock. Um, so with your strokes, we really stress the start and finish position. The reason is that if you get those two things right, then the stroke will basically start to form, form in the correct way. If you don't get the start and finish positions right, then it's going to be difficult to get your stroke right. So we emphasise that all the time with all your strokes. Look at your start and finish position. We emphasise that in all of our lessons, um, in our strokes and techniques section. Um, get on there. Try to copy those start and finish positions. Definitely important. Indeed. All right. Now, Aleman has got a question, Alois. He says, how do you guys feel about Zuzin losing to Fang Bo? Zuzin was keeping up until the edge ball at the end. Yeah, so um, so watch watch a bit of it, and um, I mean Fang Bo looked good. I mean, and, and I think he sort of backed that up now with his win against Zhang Zikhe, um as well. So Zuzin again, there was something a little bit wrong physically. I'm not sure. Um, he again, he's had problems with his shoulder. Um, had a lot of matches because he played singles, doubles, mixed doubles, and winning both the men's doubles and mixed doubles are a lot of that means a lot of match time. It's not only the match time at these big tournaments, but it's also the preparation time. So for every match, you go out there for half an hour or an hour before, you're warming up, you're hitting, um, you're getting prepared. So every match you play, it doesn't only add that match time to your tournament, but it also adds the the on-court time. And then there's the other things that, the things that we don't get to see much, but at these big tournaments, there's also the transportation from the hotel to the venue. So there's that time, there's the preparation time, there's the mental um, tiredness time as well. You know, just get getting up for each of these matches and each match isn't easy. So you, we, we saw that in uh, Zuzin's men's doubles, you know, in the quarterfinals, they had they would match points down. So it's a big match. He's got to recover from that, um, recover from the mixed doubles, you know, the, the highs of winning two gold medals. So overall, I think it just takes its toll on a player like Zuzin. Um, and Fang Bo played brilliantly, you know, brilliantly. That edge ball at the end, you know what? Um, Zuzin was back from the table. He was defending, the, I think, two or three balls before that. He just was able to get the ball back and stay in the rally. Yeah, Zuzin, uh, Zuzin was really out of that rally anyway. And Fangbo um, getting the edge at the end, I mean, yeah, it was going It was going into Zuzin's backhand. It was going to be a difficult ball for him uh, anyway. So, yeah, or it might have been going to his forehand, but it was a difficult ball for him anyway. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really put it down to that edge ball, but... Um, yeah, great play from Fangbo and a big ask for Zuzin in the big tournament. Yeah, indeed. I mean, I've been really impressed with Fangbo. Um, obviously, I mean, if you beat Zuzin and Zhang Zikhe, you're obviously playing really, really well. Um, it's interesting because I think he's only ranked 14, well, only, he's ranked 14 in the world, so it is a bit of a surprise. And I'm just having a look at um, his pro tour record, Alois, and... He won the 2013 Austrian Open, runner-up at the Swedish Open in 2014 and the Korean Open in 2014. But uh, that's kind of his best in, um, yeah, in the Pro Tour events. And um, 
He's uh, like uh, 37 wins and nine losses overall in his career in the Pro Tour and World Championships to date. So this is really a breakout performance for him. Yeah, it is. Um, he has had some injuries. I'm not sure what his injuries have been, but I know that he has had injuries and he was, he's been under a big injury cloud for a little while. And I think that's why um, they weren't really explored. Sorry, they we weren't expecting that much from him um, at the World Championships. You know, a couple of years ago he was he was the he was the next big thing, like Fan Zendong is now, um, but hasn't been able to really produce in the last year and a bit. So this maybe this is he's now his body is feeling good. He's in um, good physical um, health, and this is probably his potential. And you know, I mean. And, and to beat, to beat, as you said, Zhu Xin and Zheng Zikur at a World Championships back-to-back is huge. huge. Yes, and one more challenge remaining. Let's see what happens uh, when the final comes along. That's All right. right. Now, so the final, the final is on in about three hours from now. So, yeah, set your, set your clocks, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, um, before we get on to some uh, more questions, Alois, we've got a few discussion items. So, first up, um, table tennis has now become the sport played in most countries. 222 is the number that the ITTF's um, quoted. Do you want to tell us a bit about this? Yeah, yeah. So, ITTF, they've, they've had a huge development program going over the last oh, 10 years or more. Um, and one of the one of their big drives has been to try to get as many uh, national olympic committee um uh, uh, representatives now actually uh, affiliated with the international table tennis federation with the ITTF so they have just secured another four countries and that has put them up to 222 which makes them the biggest and they've just overtaken volleyball so volleyball was the biggest um Table tennis is now the biggest sport in the world um, based on the number of countries affiliated with the, with the international body. So it's a, hu- it's a huge um, effort by um, table tennis and it just shows what a great, huge sport this is. And it's a sport that doesn't matter where you go in the world, you'll find a table tennis table. You know, and now we know in 222 countries, they've actually got a national association that's affiliated with the ITTF. That's massive 222 is such a great number brilliant all right another big thumbs up to the ittf well done there's a bit of an ittf uh, pat on the back show this one jeff <laughs> indeed indeed well here's one which uh might you might have a different opinion on this discussion is on the rule change regarding coaching during a game now you saw this one recently yeah, so the ITTF, okay, maybe maybe we won't give them too many pats on the back. So the ITTF have just changed the rule, and this rule will come in after the Olympics, the 2016 Olympics and Paralympics. So after that, coaches are going to be allowed to coach their players during the game. So I'm not exactly sure of the logistics of how it's going to work. Apparently they've trialled it um, in the German League, and it's worked really well, and now they've just gone and changed the rule so that you are going to be allowed to 
get advice from your coach during the match. Don't like it, ITDF. So, yeah, I'm a bit confused about how that works. Is that just the umpire just shouting stuff out, like, in between points, or is it actually, like, taking a time, more timeouts, or, you know, when they towel down, you can go talk to them? Do you, do you know much about it at this stage? No, I don't know much about it, but I, I'm, I'm envisaging that the coaches are basically allowed to yell out instructions to their players during the match. Mm. Um, yeah. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because then you think other players might hear it and it, the opposition yeah. might hear it. and So I don't quite see how it works, but obviously they said they've trialled it well. So I'd be keen to find out some more information about exactly what that rule entails. But it does yeah, sound a bit strange. Yeah, I might just try to uh, search up on uh, the German League and just see what, what that looks like because I'm sure there'll be some footage on there. Um, yeah. Yeah, we won't, we won't bag it completely, but, yeah, I don't like... The, the reason I don't like it is because, again, it's taking a little bit away from the contest between the two players. So, you know, it's you and me, Jeff, playing each other, and now we're getting, like, you know, more more interruption, you know? So someone's yelling out instructions to me to help me and someone's yelling out some instructions to help you. Like... Just leave it. Like it's a battle between Jeff and I. We're we're out there playing our game. Just leave it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting because I mean, yeah, if you take a sport like tennis, the coach is not allowed to coach them in at all. Not even in between sets. Yeah, that's right. And um, I, I'd rather see it go that way than the other way. Than you know, the coach being more involved. I'd rather see that the coaches like just not even on the bench, just go and sit in the stands um, and let the players play. I reckon mm. that would be much better. And that that's what does happen in, in tennis, in the Grand Slams, uh, not in the Davis yeah. Cup. Davis Cup, the coaches are more involved, but, yeah. And I think I think on the women's circuit too, I think the coaches are allowed one timeout type of situation where they're allowed to come down. Um, I don't think – it hasn't come in in Grand Slams, but on the um, the – WTC, can't remember exactly, um, on the women's circuit, I think the women are allowed one time where the coach can come down to the court and advise them. So, you know, they're changing a little bit too. Yeah, not sure. Don't, don't think I like it. Okay, okay. All right, well, um, if you know anything about the rule change, uh, leave a comment in the show. Uh, on the show, go to pingskills.com, click on the blog link, you'll find all the shows, leave a comment and let us know. And while I'm talking about that, make sure you visit pingskills.com and sign up for our free newsletter if you haven't, and also consider a premium membership. We've got lots of great videos for you to help you improve your game. There's a whole series on serving, a whole series on receiving, We give you a 52-week training plan, a new training session each week, and an associated masterclass. And a lot of our um, premium members members really love that uh, structure that we provide there and really enjoy doing that every week. So try us out. Go to pingskills.com and check out the premium membership. All right, on to the next question, Alois. Um, Next one is from Daniel. He says, first... Oh, my God. Zhang Zhiku, Zhu Zin versus Long and Timo Bol had my heart pumping. 
He said, I noticed that my back is more sore after playing, but not injured in a way. He goes, but still, watching the Chinese, they seem to keep their feet relatively square nine times out of ten and use more legs and back. Is this true? Yeah, so you notice the best players do stay fairly square to the table um, in the rally because they have to use both their backhand and forehand um, equally. So you know, even if you're punching or blocking on the backhand and then changing to your forehand, you need to be quite square on um, to the table. And, and so there is a lot of rotation. So there's a lot of rotation from, from here and here to, to make those balls uh, while they're close to the table. Um, so getting back to the doubles, you know, Zuzin, Zhengzi Kerr, Timo Bol, Ma Long, it was a good match, wasn't it? You know, it was, it, that was the one we were hoping that Bol could get through and maybe, you know, get his world, uh, world championship gold medal um, with. And obviously, I mean, losing to the, to the eventual winners, it was a tough draw. They came up against each other in the second round, um, again, because of the, you know, the, the seedings and all that sort of thing. But um, it was good, Matt. Oh, Bol and uh, Marlong were actually up 2-0. In that, so up two games to nil, but then I think Zhang Zikur and Zuzin just started to um, win the bigger rallies, or you know the the more open rallies as well. I think they they really asserted themselves there in the in the open rally. So um, yeah, it was it was a good a good match. You know, Zhang Zikur Zuzin deserved to win, but yeah, we were just we were hoping, weren't we, that Bol could just sneak through and get a gold medal there somewhere. Yes, we were, we were indeed. And uh, so, yeah, so thanks for the question, Daniel, and good to see you paying attention and watching these matches and and noticing things like that about how the Chinese are so balanced and, you know, fairly square on. It's good to pick up these things and try and emulate them in your own game. So keep on doing that. Yeah, and um, good to see that your back's starting to get a little bit better too, Daniel. I know you had some some back issues. So, um, yeah, excellent. Indeed. Okay, um, we have a question now from Korshik, who says, I have a problem with side spin service. Sometimes an opponent gives the ball both side spin and top spin, and sometimes back spin and side spin, and they also vary the length of the ball, making it very difficult to return the service. How do I return it? Yeah, well, that's part of, that's part of the, the intrigue or the, or the difficulty of, um, of serving and returning, isn't it? So, so... Say for the tomahawk serve, you can come over the top a little bit with some top spin, or you can come down this way and get some back spin. So they've all got side spin on it, but whether they've got a little bit of top or a little bit of back um, makes it makes a difference to your return. Experience is the best way, you know. Just being able to see these balls um, come at you um, repetitively over and over, you'll start to recognise things. Being able to watch the contact as well is 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 important. It's Sometimes it's hard to see, and it's hard to recognise when you haven't seen it a lot. You know, to be able to to see the difference between that and that, or you know, kicking um, for the top spin, kicking up on the ball that way, or down this way on the on the serve. It's it's a lot of experience. We've, we've got we've got some really good lessons on um, returning secrets that will that will help you um, just to understand the basic principles of what's happening. With that, with the serve, so you can recognise and see um, the the different spin that's happening on the ball as well. So um, yeah, that's probably that's probably a good next step for you. Indeed, indeed. So thanks for the question, uh, Koshik. 
And yeah, anyone that's interested, as I said before, our premium membership is a great way to improve your table tennis. And as Alois just said, we've got a whole series of videos on returning serve. It'll teach you the basics um, and really help you out. So check out the premium membership at pingskills.com. Next up is a question from Ubaid. And Ubaid says, how far from the table should I stand while backhand smashing? When I stand far back from the table, I make a fast smash, but mostly I fail because I can't hit the ball accurately. When standing closer, it makes a fine shot, but slow. What should I do? All right. So if you go and look at our lesson on the backhand smash, the first thing that we tell you is that if the ball's up high on your backhand side, you've probably got enough time to spin around and play a forehand smash. The forehand smash is a lot more... um, accurate because you've got much more maneuverability with your arm on the forehand than with the backhand. So that's the first tip. Secondly, if you are forced to play a backhand smash, try to get the ball at a comfortable height to you. So try to get the ball when it's up around shoulder height or head height. If you if you let the ball go up too high and too and or from up here, it's really difficult to control and definitely if it drops down too low, it's too difficult. Um, if the ball goes way back, so they've kicked it with a lot of height and a lot of topspin, it really kicks you back away from the table, then don't try to play the ball too hard. So you're saying that it's more difficult when you're back further from the table. Just play um, almost a counter topspin from back there um, or get around and use your forehand. Um, if you're closer to the table, um, it's, it is more accurate. But the the key there is to be able to turn yourself side on. So if you turn side on, you'll get a better smash at the ball. If you're standing close to the table and square on, it's hard to generate enough power for the smash. So use that time that the ball's up in the air. If you're not going to turn around and use a forehand, make sure you turn side on so that you can smash through um, with the backhand as well. So, yeah, there's, there's there's a few different thoughts for you about the backhand smash. Great. Excellent. All right. Hopefully that's helped you out, Ubaid. And thanks for the question. All right. Next up is James. And James says, if the bat hits the ball over the net, while at the same time the bat is dropped during the swing, is the ball still in play? Secondly, the player can't reach, so he intentionally swings and let the bat leave his hand. Are these illegal? Okay. So it all depends on whether the bat is in your hand when the ball contacts the bat. That's the key. So the ball has to be in contact with your hand when you make the shot. So if you, if the ball's up there and you just throw the bat at it and the bat hits the ball when it's in midair and not, um, not in your playing hand, then it's, it's illegal. Um, so it's the other, other person's point. So the ball, oh, sorry, the bat has to be in your hand when you make contact. There you go. That's the key point. Hopefully that clears up both of those for you, James. It's an interesting one. And I guess a lot of people don't realise that, Alloys, because I still see a lot of people throwing the bat if they can't quite reach it and thinking that that will be okay. Yeah, not okay. It's got to be in your hand. Okay, there you go. So um, spread the news, everybody. Make sure everybody's aware of that rule because I don't think um, it's a common one that a lot of people know about. All right, 
Let's move on to a question from Mark. Mark says, I have a sheet of long pips. My index finger keeps brushing against the pips and eventually I started to peel the sheet off. I took some scissors and cut the pips as close to the rubber as possible. Is this legal or should I cut off the whole rubber? Okay. So what Mark's talking about, so he's got um, some long pimples there and what he's doing is he's got his finger up on the pimples there like that and so what he's done is he has cut these pips down. So he's cut them off um, here. All right. Now, that's I, I don't think that's legal because then the surface of the pips is, isn't um, uniform. So you have to have the same, num- the same type of pips all over. So, for example, you certainly can't cut a, a piece out of your rubber there and cut all the pips out there. So I'm thinking that the same will apply even if the, the pimples are down here. So the best, the better thing to do is to just take the sheet and you can shift the whole sheet up so that it's now from up here. Okay, so you've got uh, the, the sheet of, of rubber starting there and going up from there. So then um, then you won't be rubbing the, your finger, finger against the pimples um, and uh, it'll... it'll all, all be good. So that's probably the best solution. But yeah, cutting the pimples, no good. Okay. And so in that scenario, Alice, your finger would actually be directly on the wood. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So your finger, so there wouldn't be any, any rubber there at all and your finger would be on, on the wooden part. Yep. Right. All right. So you'll all see, right. you'll see often um, pen holders um, will shift the rubber up up their blade a little bit so the rubber will actually start there and go from there up so that they can um, just have their fingers um, on on the wood there on both this side and that side. So, yeah. Indeed. All right. Hopefully that helps you out, Mark. Okay. Uh, another question from Dave. And Dave says, attacking long and fast and very spinny serves on both the backhand and forehand, what is the best tactic? Yeah, so Dave, definitely if, if the serve's long, the best thing to, to think about is to make your attacking top spin on both sides. So give yourself a little bit of space. So if they're serving a lot of balls long to you, just to take half a step back. But even if they serve one ball long to you, think that the first thing you're going to think about is making a backhand or forehand top spin attack. Now, one of the key things here is to make sure that you set up well. If you're in a good balance ready position before they serve, then it'll be a bit easier to make both the forehand and backhand. If you're turned like this and ready to play only with your forehand or turned like this and ready to play only with your backhand and the ball comes long on the other side, then it becomes difficult. So having a fairly square position to the table so that you can play equally forehand and backhand no matter where the ball goes long. And that setup is really important. Um, and to take the initiative uh, when they serve the ball long to you is really important as well. Yeah, yeah, good advice. Now, if the serves are particularly spinny as they're coming towards you, is there anything different you need to do? Yeah. So the, the shorter amount of time that the ball stays on your racket, the better, basically. So if you can keep the ball on your racket for a very short amount of time, then the spin that's on the ball doesn't have as much time to sink in and kick off. 
So if the ball's spinning and you brush it very fast and very fine and your, your racket's only on the ball for a very short amount of time, that'll give you the best chance to ne negate the spin that's on the ball, put your own top spin on the ball and get your shot a little bit more accurate. So short amount of time, good racket head speed and really just brush the ball finely. Excellent. All right. Great tips. Um, hopefully that helps you out, Dave. Give that a try. Fast racket head speed against those spinny serves and uh, and pl play aggressively. See, um, it takes a bit of practice to get that right, but um, see if you can get someone to serve you some long spinny serves just in a practice situation so you can practice it over and over and um, hopefully you can get the hang of it. Thanks for the question, Dave. All right, Alois. Well, that wraps up a Monster Ask the Coach show. Um, lots of updates since we've uh, missed a few days and days and exciting news with all the World Championships on. So thanks, everybody, for watching. Um, make sure you check out the final, which is on the men's singles final, which is on very shortly. And thank you again, and thank you, Alois. Thank you, Jeff. And, uh, yeah, get on to that men's singles final. It's going to be good. Can Feng Bo take the third big scalp of the Chinese team and, uh, and secure the men's singles world championship? Or will Ma Long succeed? See you, everybody.